0: Hey everybody once again for tuning in. This is the Activated Podcast. I'm your host, Eboo. Um, and today I have a very uh probably one of my most anticipated guests. <laughs> Stop it. I'm dead serious. When um just to cut to the case, we got Sarah in the building. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Um, like I said, one of my most anticipated guests today. Because I think uh when I started, not that I think, but when we did start when I was thinking about doing a podcast a long time ago, me and you used to have conversations. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I was like, man, imagine if this other recorded. people was privy to what we yeah. talked about. Uh, and you're also probably one of my deepest friend. Like, you don't just talk. You actually, like, think about what you're going to say. Um, and even this episode, we've been... You've been, like, hounding me for questions for, like, six months. And you're like... <laughs> No, no, we're taking this out. No, we're leaving this in. I, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know what I mean? Which which I really appreciate. And, um, you know, today I brought you on here just to kind of, I want to share with the world or those that are listening and tuning in, kind of get your perspective on certain things. Because I think um, having a diversity in terms of friends, really, I feel like it keeps you balanced. You know what I mean? I got my ratchet your friends. Your
1: diversity quota. Your what? Your diversity quota.
0: Uh, I mean, you can look at it like that. Check the box. And you also, are, you are my only white friend.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is not wrong with that, right? So, but, um, so without further ado, uh, introduce yourself to the people. Let them know a little bit. Don't make it generic, but like whatever, Sarah. You know what I mean? Spit some bars if you got bars.
1: No, you're putting me on the spot. you have to ask me questions? I will answer. Okay. Your how about questions. this? How about
0: this? Um. So what do you do, Sarah? Currently, I'm teaching. Okay. Um, why teaching? Why like? Why did you decide to to become a teacher?
1: Um. Well, initially, I didn't really give it a lot of thought when I was younger. I played basketball. I had hoop dreams. That's oh, what okay. I wanted to do. So I didn't really give a career that much thought up until probably my second year of university, which is a little bit. Scary. Yeah, hoop dreams. That's. I had hoop dreams. I was going to say Serious something. hoop dreams. <laughs> Are you going to say something? <laughs> no, go ahead. Say something. Go ahead. Say something.
0: <laughs> so, no, it's, 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 it's... Not that it's weird, but usually... I've never come across a woman um, that said that she had hoop dreams. That's a, I
1: did. I did. I did. I thought that was, that was going to be what I was going to do. And then when that didn't work out, um, I initially was going to go into physiotherapy. I wanted to stay in the sports realm um school didn't that didn't grab me the same way that's a deeper conversation right there as well we can get into that but then uh i fell in i kind of fell into teaching it it attracted me because i felt like to be a good teacher you had to be a lifetime learner and i fell in love with learning that's deep yeah i mean i fell in love with learning Never with school, though, but with learning. I always loved learning. I was always really curious and yeah. I liked to to know things. Um, so I felt like that career path was would allow me to be true to myself and then also be able to help other people and also change kids' experiences of school because I hated school, so I really I wanted to go into teaching to to create a different type of environment than what I had
0: okay, so I guess. I mean, with teaching as well, like, I guess to start. and what do you, like, what grades do you teach?
1: Um, I just finished teaching grade four the year before that. I taught grade one and two. The year before that, I taught grade seven and eight, but I'm actually, uh, went to teacher's college to teach high school. Okay. That's where my heart is.
0: It's high school kids. It didn't work out yeah i mean maybe it's just it's the it's the prep the preparation to get to that is there a difference like does it matter what grade you like when you go to teacher's college or whatever do they like put you in a certain specific box and uh you will become a teacher like and you will become a high school teacher or you will become
1: yeah it depends when you apply you have to pick you have to pick your stream so you can do um intermediate senior is what i did so grade 7 to grade 12 okay Um, junior intermediate is grade, I want to say grade four to grade eight, I'm not sure. And then primary junior is kindergarten to grade three-ish, I think, something like that. So, but the biggest difference lies, um, up until grade eight or past grade eight because it's two different hiring streams in the TDSB. So if you get hired by the elementary board, you're kind of stuck there. If you get hired by the secondary board, you're, you're stuck there. So when I finished uh, teachers college, obviously I, I did um, intermediate senior, but I ended up getting hired by the elementary board, so I kind of got streamlined into teaching those grades.
0: Okay, because I was gonna ask, like, are you able to like start as a high school teacher and then later on progress, or not progress, but come down and like teach first yeah. grade? Or like, are you able to do that? Or once you're like. In one area of teaching, you're stuck there. Is that how it works?
1: Um, Well, if you're a high school teacher, you can move. It's always easier to move down because when you're applying, the qualifications are a little bit different. So when I was applying for intermediate senior, I had to have um, you have to have a four year honors bachelor's degree, and you have to have two teachable subjects. At um, two teachable subjects, meaning like you have to have enough credits in as specific subject stream in order to be able to teach those subjects
0: okay
1: so i had uh social sciences and political science um but if you're going into the elementary board if you're going to primary teaching it doesn't really matter and i don't think you need an honors if you're teaching below um junior i might i might be wrong on that okay. but you you don't have you don't you're not streamlined to specific specific subject matter because you're teaching everything you teach english you teach you
0: teach okay
1: math you teach art you teach depending on the school, you're teaching the core subjects.
0: Okay. Nice. Um, Now, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but I want to take it back just Mm -hmm. a little bit. I want you to um, maybe give us a little bit like, I want to say like the neighborhoods you grew up in, right? Mm Because I always joke with you. (laughs) And I always say this thing. I was like, you are the white girl that should have been black. And my that, and that's just my personal POV, mm-hmm. not to be, and uh, and I don't mean that anyway, but I just feel like
1: I know you don't.
0: You know what I mean? Because um, when I first met you, I didn't know that you were like, I, I, what did I say? I think what did I say? Like you look exotic or some, something?
1: Some, some an alien, listen. alien form, not from this
0: planet. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I get a lot though. So, <laughs> so I was that was an original. I thought, man, that shit was good. <laughs> See, men, we, men always think whatever we say. It's like you know what I mean. But yeah. give us a little bit of. You grew up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: where I like to say that I didn't grow up in Toronto. I always say when I talk about where I grew up. So where did you grow I up? I, I, I refer to Serbia. I'm from Serbia, former Yugoslavia. Um, I moved to Canada when I was wait, wait, seven. Wait, hold
0: on, hold on. For what what does that mean? Former? What what's going on? It's a For, country that changed name, or what was happening?
1: It fell apart. It was bombarded by Western forces and fell apart. Really, that's a very subjective opinion. There's a lot of different opinions as to why um, Yugoslavia so fell apart.
0: Is it still? Is it So I'm okay. Now I'm gonna sound like I don't know what I'm talking, but I really don't. No, it's know. okay. It's okay. Um, so currently, what country is it? Has it broken? Because I kind of I watch um, I watch a documentary on that about it falling apart. It you was. Did? When? Uh, shout out to Anissa, she did put me on. Okay, right?
1: Okay, okay, okay. So cause I'm the weight of chains.
0: Yes. Okay. It's um, a good one. Either the the quality that I got was terrible, so I like it was hard to like. Okay. And I I felt like it was it was very compact. Like they was talking about There's certain a lot things of information that there, I right. was like, who's that? Oh, you know, they was yeah. yeah they yeah. were being specific. Yeah. And I almost feel like I had to like read a book prior to that, or like at least have a conversation. I have probably. a conversation with somebody to understand it, so they could kind of break it down. So. Mm. Uh, I'm halfway through the first part or whatever, so once I finish watching, that, I'll reach out to you so you could clarify right. some things.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but back to what I was saying, like describe to us um, your maybe your later part of growing up in Toronto mm-hmm. since you didn't grow up in Toronto, you mm-hmm. don't want to claim T dot. But talk to us a little bit about that. What neighborhood? In Toronto. Um, yes.
1: Um. Okay. Yeah. So we moved to Canada when I was almost pretty much eight. Years old, and we moved around a lot. I was in the East for a year. I don't like to talk about that, though. <laughs> so we were in Victoria Park and Eglinton, East I East and... Okay. Um, for a year. Then from there, we moved to the West and kind of stayed around the Eglinton West area. How
0: was the Victoria Park? Why don't you like talking about that? Like, what was... I
1: don't claim the East. I'm from the West.
0: Okay. I still don't know which part I am in Toronto. I've been here 10 years. I don't... I don't claim... Cause you're from Brampton. I, I sleep in Brampton. I like to say. Okay, Brampton oh. is just. It's just its is that thing. that's west, it's of just, course. It's right?
1: just, it's not. It's just own thing. Oh, really, it's Brampton. Okay. Yeah. So
0: you grew up in you. Edmonton west. You lived east.
1: For a year, for like what? a school
0: year, basically. So you, do you do you feel any attachment to that? No. To what? To the east, like going. No, not at the, no, no, no. Which is weird for me. Uh, when I first moved to Toronto, I stayed at Black Creek yeah for a year
1: yeah
0: and now I, I really feel like that was but you were older than me yeah when I yeah, I like was i was close.
1: I was eight years older at th- that that Because that
0: yeah. like some of my um like my really close friends that I have now mm-hmm. um outside of like you know family members and things like that are are mm-hmm. guys from that era. and i only i lived there for a year, but mm-hmm. these are like almost um like kind of like a brotherhood kind of bond that I have with certain Avengers from that place and yeah, I, like yeah. i said I only stay there. But like you, to your point too, is because I only I was only there for a year and I was older. Yeah. Um, so you grew up Eglinton West.
1: Eglinton West in the vicinity, a little bit south, a little bit north. Eglinton West, general Egl- Dufferin Eglinton area.
0: Okay, how was mm-hmm.
1: that? It was cool. I were that. you
0: like the only black person around? I mean, Were said only? <laughs> <laughs> you the only white person like in that area? Like do like is it was it a lot? I don't. I'm just.
1: Okay, so my upbringing in that area is a little bit. It's it's very diverse. Like it's already stratified. I would say. Yeah. Because if any if anybody knows Egg, that strip of Eglinton, like as soon as you cross over where the Allen sort of splits crosses Eglinton, you're in like a really really rich area of town. Okay. Right, and then as soon as you cross over Eglinton, you're like in Little Jamaica. Right, so it's like a really different, um, uh, what's the word, demographic on that. Like it literally cuts. I actually read somewhere that it cuts the income. The income, what's it called? The income.
0: Hey man, <laughs> you're the teacher. You posted the income. What the do
1: you mean? the. Anyways, doesn't matter. It's it's a there's a basically a big split in demographic right literally down where the Allen hits Eglinton and so I went to school on the east side of it okay and I
0: is it east lived east or on west the west side which one is the the richer part east the east side okay
1: yeah um and my friends were always really diverse like we always I always had friends from from everywhere from different okay. from, from from different places so and my experience I think later on in high school was interesting as well because the high like I played basketball basketball was a big part of my life and my basketball team at school was we were all white I think we had one black girl on the team and then my real basketball team cuz high school girls basketball is not really it's not really like a real thing but like my rep team I played in Finch so I was usually the only white girl um on that team so like my experience was really stratified in that way sure. and I feel like I feel like that added I don't know it 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 is a big part of why I am who I am today I feel like having to bridge those worlds having to understand
0: both how sides how the two works. and, and yeah. anything from that from that time do you think that kind of propelled you or maybe instilled something in you that goes um Maybe that leads me up to the teaching part in terms of looking at it like, oh man, I could have a... Maybe having to mingle with two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Like looking at it like, I could have a greatest impact as yeah. a teacher uh, by, you know... Did that yeah. bring... If you see what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like my whole life experience has been... I just said this the other day, like a bridging of worlds. Like even from migrating from Serbia. And then like Serbians are very proud. There's definitely like a certain mentality that comes with being Serbian and then also, but had to bridge that with like my Canadian identity and right. then bridge that with all the different cultures that I was meeting and all the people that I, that were becoming my family that were from different places. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I had to bridge worlds together and do all of them justice. Right. And I remember like one of my earliest memories in grade three Um, I went to Rawlingson Public School at that time. And I remember my teacher, she was the only black teacher I ever had in elementary school. And I remember her telling us, teaching us about slavery, teaching us about the Atlantic slave trade. And I remember like, I don't remember what was being said exactly. I was in grade three, I was a kid. But I remember being like, yeah, I remember being like really emotionally moved, like being like, how could people do that? Like how, how did that happen? How does, (laughs) like, how, like, I just remember being like, it wasn't like a white and black thing to me in my head. It was like, how could people do that? Like a human
0: to human. Yeah.
1: And I remember like just feeling, I just remember feeling it. And I think that like we, in teachers college, we learned that teaching, um, learning experiences are supposed to be emotional. They have to connect with the kid emotionally in order for them to be effective, and like, I remember being emotionally moved and I was always a really sensitive kid. Like, I I mean, I am sensitive period. I'm sensitive right. to people's energies and emotions and, and thoughts. So like I, I could pick up on it and it was also it was picking up on that and then trying to understand it and then trying to live in an authentic way after I've sort of absorb that information yeah so i remember that was like one of my earliest memories that like we experience this physical world especially in the in the west very differently depending on what we embody and then obviously my my life moving forward again was bridging of all of those all that understanding and i remember again another memory i have when i was playing on um that rep team where i was the only white girl um Like, and we were, we were, I, my memory of that team is like, we were a real family. Like we, we, we were just, it was a dysfunctional family. There was a lot going on, but we were, we were, we were really close. Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time together. I remember we went up to a tournament out somewhere outside of Toronto. And I think if anybody outside of Toronto is listening or doesn't know Toronto, Toronto is Toronto is probably the most diverse city in Canada, and it's not like any other city. In Can- what you experience in Toronto, you wouldn't experience outside of Toronto.
0: I feel like that's also like to to your point. It's like not only like in Canada, but like I've the been world. to a lot of places. Yeah, one hundred percent. Toronto really kind of I, I feel like it kind of like sh- bring your awareness down a little bit mm-hmm. because I I went to Paris and just to get in the mall like mm-hmm. a fellow black guy was like nah you we can't let you in you got a suitcase we got like which is weird is like i was just thinking like damn would this really happen if i was in toronto probably not yeah I, i feel
1: but i feel like in toronto it's a lot more subtle like well we can get into that after but so basically we we were we were traveling with the team to to play um to on a tournament outside of toronto about an hour or two outside of toronto and we were playing an all-white team, and we were known. Although I was the white girl on the team, we were known as the black team, right? <laughs> and um, like you know, you pick up on that again. Yeah. I, I was just the token white girl, um, but we, we, um, and I mean, we had like we, we, we definitely stood out as well. Like yeah. we, we, um, there was a lot of characters on our team. We stood Did you guys win though?
0: Them. Like, would you, were you guys uh, yeah. good? Okay, I mean. Cause I I just want to make sure that you guys was.
1: (laughs) We did. I'm just curious. I'm like, it's like we. I learned during that time. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So basically, we just we faced a lot of racism, and I was like, I was, it was, it was, it was like such a, I don't know how to explain, like a heartbreaking feeling. I want to say because Mm. it's like. And but I think the positive part about it is it didn't break us apart but at the same time it taught me while I can like be a witness to these things and yeah. be like I can help in some form it's like I will never experience what my teammates experienced I'm there with them but I'm it's almost it was almost a privilege to go through that with them yeah. so closely because it just it just taught me a lot about life and about like how different people experience this world and like I just remember I remember this one moment in the locker room when our coach came in after um, after parents were like spewing like racist insults onto the court because I we I think we ended up winning it was a really like tough game and I remember it being really close yeah. and we were an aggressive team like that's just how we played um, and parents seeing some ridiculous things and our coach coming in to, to speak to us. And I remember like, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a moment. I think, I think for a lot of the girls too, was their first experience of such overt racism as well. Yeah. And then, and it was my first experience, I think witnessing such overt racism. And our coach is talking to us about what that, what that means in our lives and how to move forward. Obviously, differently like because we embody different things right? right but i remember like things like that that i had learned like definitely shaped who i am as a teacher and definitely shaped who i am as a person and what i try to what i try to do in this world like and what i try to be aware of
0: yeah. as well um as as you were talking about it, i was just thinking because um, you're the first do you don't need you the. i don't know if you're the only one maybe that i'm aware of like the mm-hmm. only servant that i know mm-hmm. um Which I feel like it's not a household like I don't meet a lot of them. Mm -hmm. How I'm just curious like how are Serbian looked at like across Europe like how is the interaction Mm -hmm. between like let's say somebody from Paris or I I don't know like how is that interaction because in for example in Africa the interaction is probably a little bit different uh, with Western countries Mm -hmm. um, things like that like give us a little bit. Like how that interaction is as a Serbian in Europe.
1: In Europe, um, well, we're Eastern European. Uh, we were not the colonial powers historically. We were actually the first. Um, we were we were enslaved and colonized by. Middle Eastern forces. Really? Yeah. It's, 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 uh... I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's... I think, like, that area, like, uh... Former Yugoslavia, there's always been, uh... There's always been a lot of turmoil. Always... We've almost never had... I don't know what the longest stretch of peace that we've had, but we've had, like, three war... Like, I think my great-grandmother lived through three three wars. Shit. Yeah. And even when I was growing up, um... The war broke out in 1990, when I was born in 1990. Um, So that was, like, the last one that happened. Um, It was called a a civil war. Um, I put that in quotations because, again, it depends on your perspective, on how you perceive it. Yeah. Like, a lot of politics that happen in our world today. Um, So we... And then I remember in the 90s, when this was happening, uh, Serbians were painted as... Terrorists as um, as the villains, um, and the war that happened. I don't want to go too much into detail because, i to be honest, like I uh, growing up when we moved to Canada,
0: yeah.
1: First of all, I was very young, and second of all, my parents, my dad especially, made it a point to to not um, talk about these things because he knew, like, he knows how people get around politics, right? And he's like, this is not, this is not your war. This is not your battle. Like, you're in Canada. You know, this is not your battle to fight. And, and he almost, like, wanted to shelter us from it. And because of the nature of the war, like, the perspectives are so widely ranged on, like, what happened and whose fault it was and who, like... So, basically, um... But the media, the Western media, definitely painted Serbians as the villains, as the the bad guys, right? Which isn't totally true. And I heard somebody say, when one of the documentaries I watched later on in life was, there. nobody wins this kind of a war. Like, everybody yeah. lost. So many lives were lost. So many... Such a beautiful country fell apart. Um, like... Nobody wins, you know. And who suffered more is really it's not that does that's almost steers away from the real question of like why did this happen and how do we keep this from happening again. again? Um, And there's and it also like teaches you there's bad people on every side, there's good people on every side. It just depends on how you flip the story on which perspective you view it from, right? And again, I think that falls back to the whole my role in life has always been a bridging. Of trying to understand
0: different perspectives. What's going on? Yeah, um, and we and you were we're speaking about people being enslaved. How do you feel about like currently now when things like the Libya situation comes up, and we're like this is still happening? We're like twenty seventeen. Like how crazy? Do you yeah. thing is that like because from my from my point of view, like it's even hard to even comment because i like i don't know like i don't mm-hmm. i can't come up here and be like yo this is what people mm-hmm. need to do which is weird like you, you we see these things happening and uh we want to obviously everybody want to um i always encourage people to like the positivity start within yourself mm-hmm. don't know if that you know how big of an impact that does and the-
1: i think that's that's the biggest impact
0: it's, starting, it's mm-hmm. taking accountability. So, I mean, my that's kind of like how I looked at it like, mm-hmm. how do we not have these things continuously happen in modern times and things like that is because, like a lot of us, we've become selfish. Yeah. And money drives everything. Mm-hmm. So, when I'm worried about how I'm going to eat or, you know, there's a lack of money, hey, you know what, if I could sell you in the tank, you know what I mean, in the, mm-hmm. in the terms of that, like, I would do it. And it's like, the human greed has gotten us. It's yeah. making these things still. Yeah, like I we we always we're still fighting for power. How do you yeah. feel? What was your reaction when you kind of seen the videos and things like that? First of all, so, I
1: can't watch. I can't watch that stuff. Like I like, I I can't. I can't like.
0: You can't my, watch the video.
1: I, I can't. I can't. I can't watch. If I do, I have to watch it in like very small stints.
0: <laughs> like i small, I'd portion small time. portions <laughs>
1: at a time especially visually like i'm a very visual person and that stuff like strikes yeah. strikes um sh- strikes me deep But i can read about it i think a little bit more to like cuz obviously i don't believe in um I don't believe in being ignorant like I don't think we should just shut that out just because oh I'm sensitive to it so I'm not gonna listen to it like that's that's
0: or it doesn't affect me I don't I don't care yeah
1: but I, I think even that like whole emotional piece of like oh it hurts me so I can't learn that it's like well how do you think that person is feeling that's enslaved over there. Like, yeah. it's hurting them, you know? So, I think, like, I I still try to seek that type of information just through different sources, I guess. Preferring to read it instead of,
0: like, watch it. Instead of watching the videos.
1: Yeah, but... Um, but I think, like... I think we have to be careful in today's world, like, with, with what gets portrayed in the media and how it gets portrayed and not knowing the full story. Um, and... But in terms of, like horrendous things like that still happening i think like that's one piece of so many terrible things that are happening in this world and like and that's not even i think like i think i think where we start is awareness like we have to we have to have the courage and the energy and the intention to learn as much as we can and to like absorb as much much as we can from the world around us yeah. without without it Without it killing like our hope and our and our and our spirit and like and I think like that's that's why I say courage to, to seek that information because because if we don't have courage like you have to have the courage to 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 seek it so that you can maintain the hope that you need to sort of overcome it right I think like I think a lot of people um, we might get into we might get into um, we just a lot of people will shut themselves off from certain information because they don't want to like they don't want they don't want um, disturb their peace right and that's why i say courage is really important because you have to sort of build that strength within yourself to say like i can maintain my peace i can maintain my inner peace yeah. while also doing justice to my human community and understanding what it is that's going on in the rest of the world and then so, and then learning what it is that i can do to help Right, and I think we all have a different role I don't think I don't think all of our roles is to like be on TV or to be on social media talking about it or advocating for it that's not everybody's role <laughs> social like media have, warriors yeah I'm gonna post
0: I, about it for a week and then next week you know what and I, I, I gotta get this about money it. yeah i got to get this money
1: and I, I had asked I had I, I um People, people always. I always see people posting this type of stuff on social media, and I I had had a moment where I asked myself, like, why don't I post this stuff? Because I don't. Um, Though I like, in terms of, is it part of my daily life, like to 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 learn information about the world? Hell yeah, it is. But I don't post it on social media, and I ask myself, why is it that I don't do that? And I think it's like, to me, social media for me. I'm not saying for everybody, but for me, it's a really um, tough outlet to have positive conversations because I think it's a very it's a snapshot it's a snapshot of somebody's thoughts it's a snapshot of what's happening it's a snapshot it's a very it's it's just really small
0: I call it like the the it's almost like uh, you know tr- getting hits like you you, yeah. you want to say the wittiest the, yeah. the clever the, yeah. or the funniest thing yeah. in, in the 15 seconds you put it out there and then yep. it's like
1: and these problems can't yeah. be resolved like that. No. Like, and these and these, these com- these need to be conversations. And I think for me, uh, social media is not the place to do it. Like, where I find the most meaning and the most purpose is having these types of conversations in my day to day life. And I do. I literally like no, hundred percent. You're you're probably this- like I
0: said. You're probably the the one of the deepest. When I when I say <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> deepest, like when we when we talk, like we talk and i think it, yeah. uh and the dialogue is important because as we're talking we're not trying to like i'm not trying to make a point mm-hmm. to not almost to take away from your point or not make it valid mm-hmm. like it's it's really to try to it's to understand like okay uh here's our view from my perspective what do you think like mm-hmm. you know what i mean And i like to just sit there and, and and because i thought for the longest time i thought what i was saying was the truth like now nah, mm-hmm. like if i say this that's what it is but mm-hmm. i realize that's not always true mm-hmm. that's my truth in the mm-hmm. sense of maybe how i view things and i live through things and uh sometimes with experience i could be a little bit more firm in things mm-hmm. that i the message that i'm trying to put out there some things i don't understand so i gotta sit back and uh be more of a absorbing information more so than like trying to Uh, drive a point right listening
1: listening has become something that we all need to do a better job practicing and what we we were talking about earlier is like sometimes when we're listening to people we think that we're listening but we're we don't have the awareness to we don't have the self-awareness at all times to to see that sometimes we're listening through like a lens through our emotional lens in that moment. And then when we, when we regurgitate something to somebody, it's not actually what they said. We weren't really listening to them. We were filtering it through our own emotional state. And I think like, that's a part of growing is like being aware of like what it is that you're bringing to the situation. And the better we can learn to sort of like separate emotionally, the better we can like listen and in listening, learn and then divulge that information. So like it becomes our own. Um, there was a quote I really love about truth. Because I, I loved this topic for a long time. I was really into philosophy. Okay. Are you I, also
0: I, into quotes? Because you stay with the memes. Okay, listen. The, first
1: of all, most of them are my own quotes that I make Are they up. really? Yes.
0: <laughs> but, so that's how I be reading. So I be like, yo, I'm going to need to call Sarah. Because that shit, I be confused. No, the, the, so, sometimes it is, and also depends on what time of the day I listen. Listen anything, <laughs> anytime from twelve to six a.m. When I read some, I have a different understanding than what, yeah. if I would, you know, fake deep. Uh, yeah, of course,
1: fake deep. But um, truth. Let me just let me let me let me see if I can you, said you had a quote. Try. Yeah, the it's not really a quote. It's it's about truth, like yeah. and that whole idea of truth. I was really interested in for a long time, like because they. There was like this this period of time where everybody was like where 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 it it was all about like where objective reality. It's like, well, this could be right to you, but it's wrong to me. Or and I'm like I'm I'm a really principled person. So like to me that was like, well, who are you? Like if you don't stand for anything, then like who are you? And we can we really say that, like, oh, this is true for some people, but not true for other people. And I think there's some things that are that are um that are very subjective but I think there is a bottom line truth and that truth is that your personal truths have to allow other people to uphold their own personal truth so if my truth um, Doesn't does not that. allow you to have your own truth yeah. then it's not a truth Okay. and that's a universal to me that's, that's that's a universal truth like we have to and whatever we hold like whatever I try to make sure that whatever values I hold as like Hard values like this is this is for me good all the time or bad all the time like hard values. I try to make sure that those things are based in truths that allow other people to have their own, right? So, for example, like honesty, right? Mm-hmm. That's a hard to me. That's a hard principle. Is like across the line. We need to be honest, right? You think is why? Why is that? Because if I'm so, if you're being dishonest to me, okay that doesn't allow me to to speak to live my truth because you're painting a picture that is a lie right
0: <laughs> so the base the, the the core of the information it's
1: is a lie is
0: a lie okay and it
1: doesn't allow the other people to, the other person to live their truth like i think and i think that's what we have to ask ourselves whenever we have like really strong core values is like does this core value allow the other to have their own core value because i believe like one of the things about us, one of the most important things about our us coexisting and living on this planet, a planet together, is like the freedom to choose, yeah. right? So, um, and I, I, like I laugh. I, or we were talking about this earlier too about people like really letting petty things get in in between friendships and in between relationships yeah. and in between like. And I think it's like when we get hung up on like like dumb shit, like just like and I, and I like as I've grown older, like. <laughs> some even bigger things to me are like it's dumb shit at this point it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, of course. oh this person didn't say hi to me like dumb shit <laughs> like it's like well did you say hi to them like what like why like little people being in their feelings about very like just dumb shit
0: yeah you know? I mean even like I, I find it funny now um, where people always like I'm quick to cut people off mm-hmm. and I used to think that was the most gangster shit to do mm-hmm. hey you pissed me off fuck you I'm out You know what I mean Like, thing to do But then I realized Like mm-hmm. hey man As I'm saying I, I'm cutting you off I'm still dealing With the emotion Like yo You really pissed me off Like I see you Three years later I'm still in my feeling mm-hmm. Now I realize that, Are we gonna share
1: our, our experience I mean yeah I
0: mean me <laughs> And this is the honest truth We've We've been friends How many years now Four Five years Five,
1: five or Five,
0: five years five, yeah. We took about Three years off Out of that five years <laughs> Okay we took about Six months no. You took about six
1: months off The first time? Or it was a year it was a, there, was a, there was a one time No, I There was it a twice. time before that?
0: No, I happened twice Okay See, the, 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 sometimes um, I'm very emotional in, in things that I feel And mm-hmm. it depends also on the person mm-hmm. So if, if we're in a, in a friendship Or um, Yeah, like if, if I'm saying you're my friend mm-hmm. Now to this day like I hold that to the highest regard Mm-hmm. And I remember me and you used to have these arguments when you're like, oh, yeah, whatever, we're friends. And I was like, nah, but sometimes I feel like you don't treat me as mm-hmm. your friend because you do some things. And I think um, in that regards, maybe we weren't understanding uh, what that friendship was. Mm-hmm. So we would go, you know, we would go through our own little stuff and things. You would say something. And I was like, she said she's saying this, but this is not the action that's following up. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the, the, the most gangster shit we ever did is, you know, me and you will talk. Mm-hmm. About things, mm-hmm. so I realized that you know what that was. There was a missing piece because mm-hmm. I would see some things, and instead of like, "Hey, what's going on? Why did you say that? Mm-hmm. Or why did you do that?" I'd be like, "Nah, fuck you. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm not talking to you." Mm-hmm. And then we got this hostile energy between us, and um and we had stopped talking for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, when I when I when I get to sometimes also for me, what's important is I gotta remove myself from the situation. And really think about it, and I mm-hmm. think about things on a daily basis, and then I start to think, oh, okay, maybe that's not what she meant. And I think uh, around your birthday, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was happening, and I felt like, damn, like I should be part of that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I've removed myself, so you know, I put my ego to the side, and I had reached out to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that same day we I went out and, yeah, and turned up like happened. like yeah. nothing happened, and then maybe the next day we talked. Mm-hmm. And and I always tell my friends now, currently, like, yo, if you're my friend, B, I'm holding you to a certain level of mm-hmm. regards. And uh, shout out to one of my friends. I'm not going to name him, but <laughs> he had recently, um, he got engaged, mm-hmm. right? And we have a group chat on WhatsApp, which mm-hmm. we talk every day. And he is part of this group chat. Matter of fact, he created this damn group chat. <laughs> Right, so he knows who he is yeah you know what I mean oh he knows and everybody <laughs> listens to. I'm not gonna put his name but you know shout out yeah. to him um, amazing person he's almost I never had an older brother mm-hmm. so everybody I hang around with are older than me and I hold them in that regard so mm-hmm. he was getting married he got engaged or whatever but he never told us mm-hmm. so I seen on somebody else Snapchat the whole ceremony so I was shocked because it looked like a wedding so I'm like I mean my feelings like how the fuck you getting married you're not telling us yeah yeah, yeah. So it took a week or two, and usually I would just like that, that would be it from me. Like, I'd be like, all right, cool, delete number, block. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I would never even consider like mm-hmm. giving that a second chance. Mm-hmm. But then I realized the power of really holding people accountable and telling them, listen, you're my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I expect better from you. And I also need you to have that same regard towards me. I don't want to mm-hmm. be the guy be like, yo, I'm holding everybody's accountable and nobody could say nothing to me. That's stupid, mm-hmm. right? So, and obviously, his, his excuse was trash, right? It didn't make sense. Um, and once we talked about it, we forgave each other. And I was like, yo, bro, let's not just, the let's not have this happen again. Like, yeah. I get it. Cool. But like, next time, come on. Like, look how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. I'm considering you to be my older brother. And you're doing this. And you're not, ta- like, imagine how that makes me feel. Mm-hmm. I have to... See through somebody else's Snapchat that you're getting engaged. Yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah. that's insane. So I think, um, whatever point I was making, I forgot. Uh, what was I talking about? Holding your
1: friends accountable. There you like go. speaking so I,
0: on it. I think, and to go back to our relationship, and I think at first we were not, at least I can speak for me, I don't know about you, but I think it was almost like we were dancing around the issues, mm-hmm. and then smaller issues became bigger issues Mm -hmm. i want to switch gears a little bit all right uh one actually not the main reason i wanted to speak to you is because uh like through your teaching like even like early on like the struggle that you Mm -hmm. had um maybe like getting consistently to teach and things Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and you also felt like your hands was tied as far as you knew the impact that you can have you know at the at the earliest stage, let's say, young woman or young man's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. life. And uh, you almost felt like you weren't given that. Like, your hands was tied. Like, you couldn't really do what you wanted to yeah, do. Yeah. Which yeah, the
1: opportunity wasn't there. You know
0: what yeah. I mean? Hands on. As the teacher, you could see, like, hey, man, this could really help these kids' mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, lives. To the point that, I don't know if it's out of frustration or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you could clarify it. I don't think it is, but and then you had gotten a job to you had an opportunity to go to Dubai
1: mm-hmm.
0: and teach overseas or is that that's overseas right?
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a <laughs> I'm trying to think which way. No, no, I'm just being. I'm being funny. We can't drive um, to Dubai, so. of course not.
1: Yeah.
0: Imagine if we could. Maybe
1: one day. Maybe 20 years.
0: And I'm kind of mad because I'm supposed to come out there. But anyways, we'll we'll get into that. Maybe you will. Yeah, I'm not gonna Dubai anymore. not after I have no and I'll be honest with you, no the main reason why I don't care for Dubai anymore is because it's become like whenever something becomes mainstream, mm-hmm. I just get like I'm just like uh, I don't I don't wanna do yeah. that. Like yeah, yeah, Dubai yeah. is where all the rich people used to go. Yep. Uh then the side chicks they got in the game. People with extra money. Your like, favorites?
1: Like, <laughs> I, <don't,
0: laughs> I can't afford no side chicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it became like you know, now it's like the, the nobody. Now, I don't want to say no, but it's like it almost took away from what that experience was, to me at least. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, So hopefully maybe one day I'll change my mind and go. But to go back to what I was trying to say is you've then um, got an opportunity to go teach out there. Mm-hmm. So I want to speak a little. I want you to give me a little bit of like how is it in your from your perspective teaching in Toronto? hmm. Um, and trying to have a positive impact on what's the word for it under I almost say underage kids not underage under uh, youth uh not underprivileged but you anyways um, at risk at risk there's a lot at of these buzzwords
1: use. that none of them I don't use any of them no no
0: uh teaching kids we don't yeah. we don't say that um I want you to give us a little bit of that mm-hmm. how'd you like talk to us a little bit about what I think is a frustration mm-hmm. of wanting to do a job but not being allowed to mm-hmm. do it to the fullest potential, type of thing.
1: Yeah. That was my <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, okay, so yeah, I got into teaching specifically because, I, like I said, I wanted to work with kids that I felt like the system wasn't created for. Wasn't the system wasn't trying to help them? If anything, again, saying these things on camera. But all right, the system is almost created to make sure that they don't succeed. Um, it's it's truth. Like when you really break it down, when you really really look at some of the things that happen, it's 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 not an accident that this is how how things work. And no matter how politically correct people want to sound and people want to spin things, when you when you when you um, when you really look at things, you you see that it's created this way for a reason. It is this way for a reason. Um, so I had a very specific sort of group of kids that I, I wanted to be working with. Kids like myself, I think that didn't didn't succeed or didn't do well in school, not because they're not intelligent, but because there's a whole bunch of other barriers. Preventing them from doing so And a whole bunch of other uh, Reasons that uh, They're not engaged Like I just right. remember School just wasn't It wasn't It wasn't interesting to me It was just It wasn't I wasn't good at Doing something Just because somebody Told me to do it And I honestly believe Like a lot of the kids In, in, in our system right now That aren't succeeding I think that that's their gem Like that's Those are Those are like What, what would you want In a future leader Other than somebody Who really for themselves and really does things from an authentic place versus because they're they're told to do to, to, told to do it right. Mm-hmm. So I think like I think uh, I think those are the kids that I I see hope in. I see the future is in their hands and like I almost like the system education is education works to 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 the, if you just look at the fact that we go to school from nine to three. To get a job that's from 9 to 5. It's training you into... It's training you to fit a certain mold, right? It's training you, like from to be when a, you come to To school, be a worker. To be a worker. To be an employee. To show up on time. To listen to instructions. To do as you're told. To not give much thought to what it is that you're doing. Because traditionally, school, you didn't need to give much thought. You copied down notes. You regurgitated information. There was nothing of your own in it. And you're literally being trained to fit the system right and as soon as there's as soon as you didn't fit that you couldn't succeed and then you were one of the people one that's why sometimes we had some of the greatest minds not do well in school because they they were too much of their own right and they didn't fit into the mainstream sort of into like it's almost
0: trying to put a circle into a square mode yeah yeah
1: and i think like i think um I think yeah so that's my perspective on teaching and, the, and so I really wanted to work in the inner city in Toronto like those are that's where I don't know that's where I I find meaning and that purpose like I feel like it's it's I feel like the reason I do is also because I feel like um, those kids have so much to offer like and a lot of the times like their lived experience is seen as like like all those buzzwords like underprivileged like um but there's so much they, they know so much and there's yeah. so much value in their experience even even if at times it's it's negative or seen as negative there's so much that they know that people who are teaching them don't know and like if we can see that as a positive thing like that's that's when we can facilitate growth and and have like uh and and like in integrate right integrate them um i don't want to say integrate them that's that's a that's not the way I want to word it because I want to say empower because I don't want to say integrate because I think the system is flawed. I don't think people should be integrated yeah, into, into it. the system. Yeah. yeah, so I want to say like empower uh, those kids and those minds to to create to create something of their own, you know, um, something that's true to them. So so I think um, that's where I want it to be initially and. I ended up getting a job with the TDSB uh, supply teaching and luckily falling into a few LTOs, um, which is long term. OK, I was, was going to say with, the, with the long term contracts. Okay. So um, teaching grade seven, eight and teaching grade one and two uh, over the last two years. And then the issue with that is that you you sort of just get thrown into a job. Um, you're covering for somebody like they might go on stress leave or mat leave or whatever. And you sort of like today, you don't have a job tomorrow. You do. And you're stepping into a classroom and everybody, somebody else has already set up the classroom. There's already a system in place, you also don't have a lot of communication with the teacher that left, so you don't know what the kids know. You don't. You you're really just like thrown in there. Yeah, you're right? like
0: a facilitator for a day to yeah. two.
1: Well, that's Is what, this, it, oh,
0: you mean the long term
1: one? No, right? no, the long term one. Right, okay. you st- you're still thrown in there. You don't know what the kids have done, what what they what they need to do moving forward, and you're also like being a new teacher. It's like you've also never done this before. Right. I've also never sat down and and actually had to create a lesson plan or a unit plan to like fit to not obviously like outside of theory because obviously we did it in teacher's college so it's a difficult position to be in and because of that I found that I I was learning a lot but it was like learning a lot under a very like in a very stressful situation where I felt like again the type of person I am is like I want to know as much as I possibly can and be as good as I possibly can at this so I can do it justice so I can do these kids justice yes. you know and so and I felt like that being in that position it doesn't allow you to do that like you don't I don't get to set up my own classroom my own classroom from the beginning right I have to come into somebody else's space and work with what I have which is fine again you learn a lot but you I feel like you don't get to do as much as you you can so then moving to Dubai for me was really an opportunity to um, to to master my craft, you know, like I really wanted an opportunity to have my own classroom, right from September, set everything up myself, plan all the units myself, have it be my own, and get to because the more you practice, the more the better you are at it. Right, teaching is a craft that you grow over time. Yeah, okay. Um, and it evolves over time. So D- Dubai was a big part of the reason for moving over there was having that opportunity, which sucks that, you know, I that it's like you, you have to move away to to bene- to to be better to because like, you want to be better at your job. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, why don't I have that opportunity here?
0: Especially, here, yeah, being the, you know, yeah. we think that Toronto will offer that. that, that. Now, when you did get that opportunity, I, I remember I was super happy. I, and I know we've, we've talked a lot about the frustration of uh, not being what we feel like we need to be, in a mm-hmm. sense. I've gone through that a lot. And before even like not doing what I love to do mm-hmm. um, and you know it's like waking up and going to do something you're like oh man so now I understand when people are yeah. like when people hate their job but we live in a society where you can't just sometimes you can't just get to choose initially what you really want to do because mm-hmm. you got bills it's got to get paid you got to put gas in the car and things like that so mm-hmm. it's almost like it's a, it's a tougher waking up every day to go do this one thing I hate mm-hmm. but I need to do it, or else I'm gonna be homeless. Yeah, which is not what the system promotes. Mm-hmm. In the you know, in the oh come to, well we're not in America, but in Toronto come and this is the greatest opportunity for you to do all these things. But yeah, yeah, um, it's not. Now, did you did you think that Dubai will give you the opportunity to finally freelance? And I know uh, what I was trying to say is. When you heard about it, you was excited. Mm -hmm. I was excited for it because, like I said, this was like, yo, I kept telling you, man, you are talented. Just give it time. like, Mm -hmm. It will connect. Maybe it was just drawing from my own experience because Mm -hmm. it was like a grind for like three, four years. And I was like, oh, finally I get to do what I'm trained to do. And then when I seen it happen for you, I was super happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But somewhere along the line, your tone kind (laughs) of (laughs) changed. You know, I remember like us partying to the day or week before you leave it. And we're like, yo, we're coming to Dubai. We had everything set up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we would talk every couple weeks or so on and things like that. Yeah. And then your your tone changed a little bit.
1: I think like, I think I learned, like I went there with a lot of questions and very little answers about my, sort of my, professional trajectory and I think I came back with um some answers still got questions but I I came back with some answers and some of the things I think I got answered was that some of the answers that I got was that teaching traditional teaching like standing in front of a classroom and talking and just sort of um that that whole idea and i've always said this i don't feel like a teacher i don't feel like i almost feel uncomfortable with that title just Mm -hmm. because i know historically what that type like that title to me and i and i don't know teachers listening might really hate me for this but like that's not (laughs) it's almost not a positive thing like it's not always been a positive um it's it's not always a positive title like there are great teachers there are great teachers but there's also the institution of education has also been like really fucked up historically and like i said like it it's 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 served a very specific pers- purpose historically and teachers have been the forefront of that right of that training ground and that's where it makes me uncomfortable and again it's not to say that there aren't great teachers out there there are but i i feel like my 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 attraction to teaching is to reach the outliers like to reach the kids that the system doesn't want to reach that's that's why I want to be a teacher um sure. and if I don't get to do that then I don't want to be a teacher and because otherwise it's 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 it doesn't it's not fulfilling to me it's not it's not fun it's not um it doesn't make me happy and I know that if it's not making me happy then I'm probably making those kids miserable
0: so you wouldn't do um, it just to just to cash in on I the paycheck I wouldn't do
1: it for the paycheck no I couldn't and I think especially when it comes to teaching because you're making because you're you're so closely tied to another person's trajectory and success in life like you have to come like like I believe it has to be you have to be in that position from a pure place. <laughs> you have to. But does that mean that it happens? No, not at all. Yeah. I think most of the time it doesn't. But I really believe that teaching is one of those jobs like you there's so much responsibility connected to it and if you're not coming from a pure place you can do a, a ton of damage.
0: What about those teachers that has always been miserable? I I could I <laughs> I remember this accounting teacher that I had um, in eleventh grade. She she wouldn't even smile. Like she was so.
1: I don't know out. how people do that. To be honest with you, like I don't know. Like again, like I feel like it's that whole thing of be responsible for the energy that you bring right you are responsible for the energy yeah. that you bring so if i walk to work i walk into work every single morning and i'm mad as hell and i'm just pissed off at the world like i that- have to be responsible for that i'm yeah. responsible for that and then on top of that it's like i'm working with kids that's a that's a power dynamic i'm i'm in a position of power yeah. and now what am i doing with that responsibility i'm i'm taking my negativity and my shit out onto the kids and i always said that like I've learned, like in the last in the in the last little while of being a teacher, I feel like being a good teacher is so much more than the pedagogy piece of it. Like I think that's a that's a piece, a hundred percent. Like I'm not gonna say that it isn't, um, but I think a big part of being a, a, a great teacher is is um is who you are as a are as a person, your self awareness as a person. I I've seen the difference between when I'm having a bad day and I walk into. I walk into that space, and if I don't check my shit at the door, I yeah. see the difference in the kids. <clears throat> I see like my my responses to them, and then their responses to me, with based on my attitude and based on my not even my attitude, my energy, like t- those things that you don't even have to speak. I could be smiling, but they sense it.
0: Yeah, you know, kids, they- kids
1: sense it. Kids, kids know. Kids know. I always say, and I. But why always, do you like, think
0: is that? Why do you think? I think it's but maybe. I think because kids are so like they, they're, they're
1: pure they're more connected to, to that to, to to they don't they might not know like they they don't know to, to verbalize it or to communicate it but they they know and they yeah. they react to it
0: it's like sometimes when you pick up a kid and he starts to cry <laughs>
1: well <laughs> I think I think it's like you, you really no? do what I mean <laughs> is that what kids do when you pick them up Actually, happens
0: you, a lot? T- no to be honest with you I'm very like kids are drawn to me for whatever yeah. reason it is like I don't I, I always say not that I don't like kids but I like kids when they start to talk when they like yeah they could go take your shit on their own hey man wipe yourself yeah I could put on a movie and sit there like but like the you know the little one I'm I'm almost scared to like drop them kind of yeah. Thing. yeah so I yeah, kind of like stay away toy. from that yeah Yes, 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 yes. Thanks again uh, for you guys tuning into the Activated Podcast. As always, uh, this is part one of the podcast series that I'm putting out. Uh, part two will be out next week for the continued conversation that me and Sarah had as we get into more details about what really took down. Uh, I mean, what really took place when she was out there in Dubai. So, if you really enjoyed it, make sure you tune in next week. Don't miss it. Uh, part two we come out as always every Friday. Okay, Uh, for this week, I'll just say thanks for tuning in, and uh, you've officially been partially activated. Thanks, peace.